Just two best friends accidentally starting a podcast. Just out here doing our best. Being spooky and beautiful at the same time. I'm Megan. I'm Nola. And we are the Dead Magnolias. bunch of people always hey friends this is me i'm nola i'm megan and we are the dead magnolias yay uh hitting you up with some spooky shit for your dark ass palettes we have a lot of people that listen to us so you guys are all weird Uh, including us don't worry we're not insulting you especially us we like weird we created this thing yeah (laughs) with the help of other weird people Hey! Hi! Welcome back! Hey, this is me, Nola. I'm Megan. And we're the Dead Magnolias. Um, maybe one day in the future we'll learn how to start these things. Maybe. (laughs) I kind of like how we do it. (laughs) It's just like stumbling you all into our topic. I mean, that's how it is with us in daily life anyway, so why not on a podcast platform? We're some graceless motherfuckers. Always. Right here. Uh, so yeah, uh, we can do, uh, what we normally do, which is, hey, Megan! (laughs) Hey! How was your week? It was good. (laughs) Um, I really didn't do a whole lot. I watched some TV. Cool. Oh, that's my favorite. I got sushi Mm. on Friday. That was fun. Um, best thing I did, though, was I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, Ohio. And that was actually, it was pretty interesting, so rock and roll's not my, like, top choice in music I fucking love listening. it. I fucking love that place. <laughs> that, it's Nola's home. I cry <clears throat> there. I've only been there once, but I love it. <laughs> and I cry there. But it was cool for, like, the history, like, to be able to see, like, outfits that famous people had worn, or, like, seeing handwritten notes or, like, songs that people were writing, that was really cool. Um... But, it, I mean, it was just, it was a fun place to go to. Got to see a friend of mine jam out with some people that work there, play the the drums. That's cool. <laughs> I love that place so much. If you guys like rock music, definitely go there. Like, it's so much fun. We also went to the Christmas Story House. Oh, cool! We didn't go inside because it was like $13 to get inside. We'd already paid to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, yeah. we just stood outside, but we went to the gift shop and... There are just so many bunny costumes and bunny slippers. Well, bunny pajamas, but... You, like, freaked out. Oh, my God. It was... That was the highlight of my trip. <laughs> oh, no. Um, Megan and I are actually going to be heading the opposite direction in Ohio today. We're going to go down from Columbus into Cincinnati, and we're going to go to this, like, wicked awesome grocery store in Jungle Gyms. Doesn't that sound weird? Wicked awesome grocery store. It's like... <laughs> It's, like, an international grocery store, and it's huge, and it's got all this crazy stuff, and, like, there's a whole wall that's just Pop-Tarts of all the flavors that ever existed, (laughs) and it's really cool. (laughs) So. So, I am traversing the entire state of Ohio this weekend. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm excited, though. It'll be fun. We're taking along Johnny and Nola's boyfriend, Jeremy, so it'll be a, a whole... 
squad thing, yeah. rolling up into Jungle Gyms, a wicked <laughs> awesome grocery store. <laughs> I was like, that's how you know you're getting fucking old when you're like, let's plan right? a trip <laughs> to this grocery store. But it's a thing. It's a whole, it's, it's definitely a touristy thing and I eat that shit up. So and then I'm sure we'll find food somewhere. And, yeah. What'd um, you do this weekend? Uh, I worked. Oh. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's... Guess who had the better weekend? Wasn't her. <laughs> not, not me. But, while I was at work, I was kind of thinking of this thing. Um, so, Megan and I, we do this podcast and we talk about spooky things. Always. And we talk about serial killers and, like, horror movies or whatever. And I've always thought, like... What would I be like if I were a serial killer? Frightening. You would be Um, frightening. Very much so. (laughs) (laughs) And so, because, like, I've always been into the idea of, like, super gimmicky serial killers. Since I met her. Yeah. I mean, before that, but I have experienced this since 2011. Yeah. We, like, went up to my dorm room and we watched Urban Legend. (laughs) And (laughs) we have... The quote from me that probably is just like it's solidified our yeah our that's friendship. One of the marks that we know that we were friends in September of two thousand eleven, yes. which I can be quoted saying, "If I were a serial killer, I'd want a cool gimmick." I wrote it down and I put it on Facebook, so, so. I don't know where the writing is. I'll find it. It's everywhere, but um, yeah. So yesterday while I was at work, I was thinking about this because, uh. That's our theme for this week, is gimmicky serial killers. And I was like, what would I be like? What would my name be? What would I, what would my thing be? Because, like, Urban Legend, super cool, uh, with Urban Legend Mm -hmm. and Urban Legend Final Cut, the second one, where the killers use Urban Legends to set up these, like, crazy crime scenes. They're really campy, Um, really good horror movies. I like those ones. And, like, Seven with the Seven Deadly Sins Mm -hmm. as, like, the way that he set up the murders. Uh, The Ten Commandments was in... American Horror Story Hotel? Is that what it was? I think so. Yeah, I yeah, think that was like had a little bit more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, thinking about that, what I would want to do, uh, everybody just, like, puts me in this box as, like, library lady. Nobody would know why. Uh, only because <laughs> I work at a library and I talk about books all the time. <clears throat> and she pushes but... <laughs> up the glasses up the bridge of her nose constantly. As I did that. Um, so, kind of, like, taking... Which, this would be really dumb if I were like, I'm going to base my serial killer self off of my career. But (laughs) for fun, since I'm not going to be a serial killer. Wink, wink. This is what would be. So I would take, like, classic literary novels. Yeah. Or, like, poems or whatever, and and recreate death scenes from them. So, like, I would find a landlord and fucking get him with a hatchet with some crime and punishment shit. I'd put somebody's heart into the floorboards or... Whatever the fuck. Aww. I haven't, like, fully thought it out. Those are my only examples that I have right now. But I would be, like, the literary slayer or the bookish butcher. Something Ooh. like that. I like the literary slayer. Yeah. Because bookish butcher is hard to say. It doesn't roll off the It does not roll very... off. I just love alliterations. <clears throat> yeah. But I do like the word slayer. <laughs> like, tiny little five foot three me <laughs> is a slayer of something. <laughs> And that gets me really excited not to actually do anything. I was going to say, I feel like you're going to come up with more and more ideas and you're going to be like, I have to try one of these out. 
But it might be another movie that I make up. So my first movie will be fucking Red, White, and Blood. Mm -hmm. And then second movie is The Literary Slayer or something cooler than that. Noah Colgrove. The Literary Slayer. Actual Dead Poet Society or (laughs) 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 something like that. But yeah, that's... uh, So maybe I did have a better weekend than you because (laughs) I had fun thinking that up. Yeah, that Uh, sounds exciting. (laughs) What would you be, Megan? Well, as Nola and I were discussing this earlier, I was like, I don't know, because I'm not creative. Um, But we came up with the mumbling mama. (laughs) She's not an actual mother, but she's like, I am the mom of every friend group I have ever been in. But I've gotten plenty of remarks about how quiet I am and how it's hard to hear me. She glares at Johnny in the room. What? What? I was just mentioning that I always get comments about how I am never heard. Her serial killer name is the Mumbling Mama. You're doing better. I know. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's because I'm, like, right, right in next the to the microphone. So, for those of you who don't know us, uh, Johnny is our sound guy and also our punching yeah. bag. Yeah, punching bag so, manager. <laughs> he sits in the room with us, and then sometimes we make jokes and jabs at him while he's sitting here. So if you ever hear us just, like, kind of go silent, we're probably staring menacingly <laughs> at Johnny. <laughs> but yes, but he, as, he's a big proponent. I'm like, what? What'd you say, Megan? Nobody can you. hear you. And I'm like, I'm screaming. And he's like, no, you're not. He's going to be her first victim. <laughs> So, the way that I would lure my victims is I would just mumble at them and make them come closer to me so they can hear me. And my weapon of choice is a straight edge razor because it's just close, close, like, quarter combat. Yeah. And all I have to do is be like, hey, I'm going to kill you. And they're like, what? What did you say? And I'm like, I'm gonna I signal. I'm just, and I'm, I'm like, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you open. <laughs> So then they get close enough, and I just get them. And I go down in history as the best serial killer ever known to man. The mumbling mama. The mumbling mama. (laughs) Oh, man. That's so fucking funny. I am good at on-the-spot things. I'm glad that that was a a thing that we decided to do ten minutes ago. Yes. But, yeah. So... That's kind of our introduction for this week, but we did find actual serial killers we did. outside of movies and television and stuff that do have weird nicknames and weird quirks and weird things that they do yes. uh, to get their victims or after they have their victims or whatever. Weird. So serial killers are already weird, Yeah, but these are like the weird of the weird. Because of their name and because of the way that they did things. Yeah. I can go first. Sure. Because mine's kind of generational. So I would be the mumbling mama, and I am covering the giggling granny. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) We, like, slightly mentioned her in our Black Widow Bitches episode. And I'm so excited that she's actually covering her because I'm so intrigued (laughs) by the giggling granny. She was strange, so I'll get to that, but, like, the reason that she's called that is fucked. Like, it's so weird. Um, so, the giggling granny, she, her real name is Nanny Doss. I forget what her maiden name was, but that is her married name. So, honestly, when you look at this woman, like, you see a picture of her, you would never think 
That's Man. a serial killer. Yeah, she's killed a bunch of people. You would look at her and be like, I'm going to go and make cookies with this woman because she's a grandma and she looks really pleasant. Um, <laughs> That's often what I think when I see old ladies. <laughs> I mean, I've adopted plenty of old women as my grandma. Because grandma, I'm like, you're just very sweet and I want to spend time with you. Aww. So she was born on November 4th, 1905 in Blue Mountain, Alabama, which is a know-nothing town. I looked this up, and even Google was like, are you sure that's what you meant? And then it's like, oh, wait, here it is. It's like... Like a holler Yeah, it's a really, Alabama. really tiny town off of Birmingham, I think. Okay. Because um, I had never heard of it. I didn't even know it was a thing. And it's kind of on the border of Alabama and uh, whatever state's right next to it. Florida, Mississippi. Maybe Mississippi. Be, I don't know. I can't remember. We'll I look don't it up. Remember locations. We're here for the creepy stuff. We're not here for the accuracy of locations. I have always sucked at geography, so it's all right. <laughs> so the, <laughs> the grudge is Korean. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Yeah. No, I can't. I have no excuses. <clears throat> so Nanny Doss did not have a great home life. Um, her father was really abusive, and her mom because she was being abused, just kind of ignored a lot of it, just to, mm. you know, keep herself a little bit safer. Uh, she already endured a lot. So her father made her and her siblings work instead of going to school. So they went to school because, you know, the law. Yeah. Uh, but they missed a lot of school for work. Um, so that resulted in her not doing well. Super, super academically. Super well academically. Um, she had, like, an eighth grade reading level most of her life, uh, which is pretty sad. So he also forbade her and her siblings from wearing makeup or going to school and social functions. So they had to stay out of school to work and they weren't allowed to like interact with people because he was afraid that like something would happen to them. Mm -hmm. Like they would get kidnapped, they would get sexually assaulted, whatever, like anything that he could think of. He's like, no, we're just going to like completely cut all of that out and you're just going to stay at home. Um, so, you know, stunted. I, I get that. Yeah. But that's, like, fucking your child up. Right. Well, it's, like, stunted emotional growth Mm -hmm. and social Like, educational. And And it's just, like, it's not a good combo for, like, later in life. Yeah. What we know now about true crime, when you look at a lot of people who do a lot of things, they typically did not have a great home life growing up, so... We'll see how this pans out. <clears throat> so that's really her childhood. She uh, got married when she was 16 to her first husband, Charlie Braggs, who was a co-worker of hers at the time. So I'm not, I think they said it was like a linen factory or something that she worked at. Um, so remember how I just told you that her dad was really controlling, didn't let her do much. <laughs> he let them get married. Guess how long they were dating? Three days. Four months. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, three days would... I don't sounds... know why that was the first time. <laughs> but it's like they were dating for thought. four months. One, I don't even know how she was allowed to date him. I guess yeah. it was probably like a secret thing for a while. But they're dating for four months and dad's like, you know what? You two should get married. I would be like, are you sure? Like, you didn't let me do anything growing up and now you want me. Okay, all right. Cool. Um, my dad would have killed me. Like, I try to think... Of me bringing a guy home that I'm like, oh, I've been dating him for four months. We're going to get married. And my dad would say, you would never get the chance. And then I'd be buried in the backyard. 
Um, <laughs> it's fine. Casually. <laughs> but anyways, so Nanny found out after the two were married that Charlie's wife, or wife, <clears throat> back it up a little bit, Charlie's mother, <laughs> uh, was the epitome of a helicopter mom and insisted on living with them after they were married. Like, was like, I'm going to stay and I'm going to spend all of my time with your husband. You will never see him. Um, so not even a little bit of that sounded appealing. But then I, w- I was thinking about this as I was writing these notes. And I was like, man, that's like kind of fucked up. Like the mom's just like, no, like you can't spend time with your wife. And then I was like, wait a second. Hold on. They were 16 years old mm-hmm. when they got married. <laughs> like, that's, I guess that's not far. Like, that's not super far off from how a mother today would act if her kid got married at 16. Um, so as I was reading, there was an actual quote from Nanny about their marriage, and this is going to pain me to read it as much as it is for you to hear it. Uh, she said, I married as my father wished in 1921 to a boy I only knowed about four or five months who had no family, only a mother who was unwed and who had taken over my life completely when we were married. She never seen anything wrong with what she done but she would take spells. She would not let my own mother stay all night. So it's like she had control over Mm -hmm. all things. Reading that hurt me. That's almost as bad as dolls is one of my phobia. (laughs) Good God. Okay, so throughout the years of 1923 through 1927, Charlie and Nanny had four children together. And I immediately thought of Gilmore Girls. For anybody that doesn't watch it, Suki and Jackson get married. Not a huge spoiler. You know what's going to happen at the beginning. But Jackson wants to do four and four. So he wants to have four kids in four years. (laughs) And Suki freaks out about it. But that's what Charlie and Nanny did. Uh, That sounds horrible to me. Being pregnant for four years straight. Oh, God, no. No, thank you. So Nanny was stressed out because she had to take care of the children. And Charlie and his mother spent all of their time together. So she was in charge of four kids. And then Charlie and his mom were just like... We're BFFs. We're going to go spend all of our time That's somewhere else. That's so weird. It is very strange because at this point they would, they're in their mid-20s at yeah. this point. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just so strange. Like, I'm, all of this stuff is so weird. Uh, so Nanny resorted to drinking and her smoking habit quickly became a heavy addiction. So a lot of pictures that you see her in now she is smoking a cigarette. Uh, it became a really bad addiction for her because of this first marriage. And then, after a while of suspicion, turns out both Charlie and Nanny were cheating on each other. So they were both straying outside of this marriage, um, looking for somebody. And Charlie would disappear for days on end. So, unfortunately, this marriage ends in 1928, after the infidelity and loss of their two middle children to suspected food poisoning. So, you've got their oldest, and then their two middle, and their youngest, the two middle died pretty suddenly uh, because of some food poisoning. And Charlie was like, fuck this. And he took their oldest and ran off with her. Like, he's like, I'm moving. I'm out of here. Stay away from me. Uh, fuck our youngest child. Yeah, left the newborn. <laughs> she was a newborn. So okay. she left left her with uh, the mom. He eventually came back and Nanny was granted custody of both children. Uh, and then Charlie left again because he... He said their marriage ended because he was afraid of her. Like, he was like, I was constantly afraid that she was going to do something, so I needed to be far away from her. 
which said that's a red flag to me pretty early on. Um, but don't worry, things don't slow down for poor Nanny. She meets and marries Robert Harrelson in 1929. So a year later. Yeah. Uh, through a dating column called the Lonely Hearts column. Yeah. <laughs> what I've learned from, like, doing this podcast is never answer a Lonely Hearts ad. Yeah, just stay, stay far, far away from them. Uh, so the Lonely Hearts column comes into play later, so remember that. But despite Robert's criminal record and alcohol problem, the two stayed married for 16 years. Much longer than her first one. <laughs> Very. So, this is another weird part of it. So, remember, she's got custody of both of her kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, her two grandchildren, so her oldest has two kids in this time frame, they both mysteriously died during this 16-year period of this marriage. Um, it's sad, because they both died when they were really young. Mm-hmm. Her first daughter gave birth to two children who died shortly after having interactions with Nanny. Um, the first... I guess this would be the second child, but the first, it was a baby girl. She died after being stabbed in the brain by a hairpin. What the fuck? Yeah. So, I was like, how did they not figure that out? And then it comes out that the mom had woken up. She was, like, real drugged up because of this pregnancy and the birth. Woke up, was still kind of in a haze, but she remembers Nanny coming in and holding the baby and said she had something sharp in her hand. Um, and the autopsy reports weren't really, like, able to conclude much other than she had had a brain hemorrhage and died. Um, so that was really sad. A newborn? Yeah. Like, brand new baby. Like, mom's still... That's so fucked up. Yep. The second, her son, so this would be her first child, Mm -hmm. um, died of asphyxiation after being in nanny's care for the day. So this is the grandchild? Yeah. So, kills... A newborn, and then goes and kills her infant. Like, he's not an infant, but he's, like, probably a very young toddler. Yeah. Uh, at this point. So... You said asphyxiation? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that I read somewhere else that she had, like, maybe choked him. Um, or put a bag over his head or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's real fucked. So, the striking part of this that... I, I'm just so shocked. I don't know if it was, like, the time period or, like, how we run things now... But there was, like, no red flags being drawn that she took out two life insurance policies on these kids days before they died. And then got, like, 500-some dollars. Yeah, 500 life and $500 life insurance insurance policy on the boy that she quickly collected and put in the bank shortly before... It says before his death. Wikipedia probably got that wrong. <laughs> um, but back to the second husband... How did that one come to an end, you say? Death. Maybe. Um, okay, so strap in for this one. <clears throat> Till so death Nan- do they part. Literally. Okay. Uh, so Nanny had been being abused by her second husband for quite some time, and after a war victory in 1945 from World War II, clearly. I know that one. <laughs> a plus! Because <laughs> we are, like, social studies experts. <laughs> World history right here. I could teach history. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is where it's sad. We're not celebrating about this part. Harrelson came home. He was really, really drunk. He went to a bar. Super excited that America, you know, was like being America and being badass back in 45. Um, Harrelson raped Nanny when he got home. 
Mm. Yeah, that was really fucked up. So, at that point, she had had quite enough of that and found a jar of whiskey he had kept outside. And being the doting wife that she is, you know, really lovely woman, she filled it up and handed it to him. But what she didn't tell him was that she put rat poison up at the top of it. So, when he drank it, he died that night. Like, (laughs) she was like, here, have some whiskey after you rape me. And he's like, thanks. And then he's like, ouch. And he's dead. (laughs) Uh, it makes me think of, um, fucking Chicago, you know, that movie with the... Like the musical? Yeah, the musical. And, like, the one part where the girl's like, some men can't hold their arsenic. Yes. <laughs> and she fucking poisoned the shit out of him. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was weird. So at this point, we've got her death count up to, what, five with him? Because it was well, two I guess the middle two children. middle children. We don't know if it was her or not, but we can we can say that we can did, uh, infer that it was those yeah. two were her victims, her two grandchildren, and then now her and husband. Her husband. <clears throat> yes. So she also collected life insurance money on Ro- Robert. Yeah, um, and she had enough that she moved and built a house near where they lived shortly after he died. So this is like a big life insurance policy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so like I said, she already has two known victims at this point. It is suspected, and I will get to this later, that this was far from her first victim. Like, it, her husband. Because the other two, it's like they died in her care. But we can't say that it was, it was her. her. Um, but with this husband, we can say confidently that it was him. But... Let's move on for the other known murders before we talk about anything else that she could have been involved in. Her next husband, who she also met on a Lonely Hearts column, <clears throat> died in 1952, this time in North Carolina. His name was Arlie Lanning. Arlie. A-R-L-I-E. Hmm. It's a very interesting name. <laughs> I wrote she was real into poison. Um, so she put some poison in his food after making him dinner, and he died shortly after um doctors attributed his death to alcohol consumption so she seems to be picking people that have like issues so we're not really sure why um we'll get to that don't worry um but i was like i was thinking i was like man he dies real suddenly and they're just like it's alcohol and i was like (laughs) doctors were the worst detectives ever back in the day like there's like ooh, that guy's hand got bit off well, must have been a bear trap. <laughs> and then they move on. It's like next victim. Very strange to me that they do that. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just following your, like, logic of You're following my, and... I lost my train of thought, and I just kind of get in. <clears throat> uh, but, so at this point, she's moved from Alabama to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. For her next husband, she moves to Kansas, Damn. and I wrote she wrote the or met the next love of her life, Richard Morton. He might not have been a heavy drinker, but he was heavily involved in other women that weren't his wife. Oh, damn, Richard! Yeah, he oh, took God. advantage of Nanny's distractions with her mother's declining health and her sister stepped out and stepped out on his marriage, thinking it would go unnoticed. He thought wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, damn. 
Nanny was carefully taking note the whole time. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, he, he leaves and she just puts another strike on the wall. Oh, God. Fills up the poison a little bit more. <clears throat> so, Nanny killed her mother and her sister. She was just like, I'm fucking done with this. I've got other things to attend to. You guys, you're I on your way I can't be worried out. about you. I've got to kill my third husband. Like well, this... fourth husband, but third dead. Yeah. So instead of just like, you know, saying, I'm going to find somebody to take care of you, she's like, I am going to take care of you. Wink. <laughs> so that was strange that you're like, so now she's got way, way too many. We'll count after this section here. Um, so she turns her attention to her husband after she gets rid of mom and sister. And he died shortly after under mysterious circumstances, in quotations. I guess with her moving all over the country, this could go easily unnoticed, uh, because it was a long time ago. So I'm attributing a lot of this to the time period, because you wouldn't be able to get away with this shit now. Yeah. Like, that is not something that would happen. Um... But nobody thought it had been weird that she'd been married so many times. So this was her fourth husband? Yeah, because you've mm-hmm. got Charlie, Arlie is the third one, Robert, and Richard. So a fourth husband in a matter of, like, 20 years. Like, that seems strange. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the, the strangest part is nobody's like, yeah, she's been married a lot, like, whatever. Sometimes it doesn't work out. But all of her husbands have died. Under mysterious circumstances. Well, the first one didn't die. Oh, yeah. Charlie left because he was scared of her. Okay, yeah. so you've got one that's <laughs> afraid of her and three that die under mysterious circumstances. And they're just like... Must be alcohol. Must be alcohol. And she's got really shitty luck picking men. No, they Poor have lady. really shitty luck picking their, their lady. <laughs> so... We have gone through how many murders? So we've got her two kids, mm-hmm. her two, two grandkids, her mother and her sister, and three husbands. husbands. So that is nine. nine. So on to Granny's final victim, Jesus, Samuel Doss. So this was the man she was married to, and that's why her name is Nanny Doss. So we can say confidently she didn't get married again. He was from Oklahoma. Was he abusive? Yes. No. Oh. Was he a drinker? Yes. No. Oh. So what did he do? (laughs) Was he a cheater too? No. But he did tell her that she could only read or watch shows that were for educational purposes. (laughs) Something just want to watch the world learn. (laughs) Nanny was a hopeless romantic, so she was constantly in the Lonely Hearts columns, and she was constantly reading romance novels. She was just looking for that kind of love in her life. And her husband was like, actually, no. PBS. All the way. Uh, I was like, no, I would not. I would not be okay with that. If somebody, I would laugh at them. If he's like, sorry, you can't watch that, I would be like, okay. Uh, And I would do it anyway. (laughs) So she took some very heavy offense to this, naturally, and laced a prune cake... Which sounds disgusting. How old is she at this point? Is she already... Is she granny? Yeah, she's okay. old at this point. Like it's... She's born in 1905. Yeah. So it was 1950, like, 52, 53 when so this happened. So she's almost 50. Yeah. So, okay. So there's a reason for a prune cake. I don't think there's ever a reason for a prune cake. 
I don't think that that's something that anybody ever needs. No. Uh, but, you know, she lovingly baked him this and also put some poison in it because why not? So this guy spent a month in the hospital recovering. And I'm sure every fucking day she was just like, please, just die. Like, let this be over. But it doesn't. And he comes home. So she's like, I'm really glad you made it home. Here. Made you some coffee. (laughs) (laughs) We've got some leftover prune cake. Yeah, you know. Uh, So Nanny had not moved towards forgiveness and laced his coffee with poison and he died shortly after. Unfortunately, this is a big mistake, Granny. Huge. Pretty woman. (laughs) (laughs) I've only seen that movie once. I just, I've always wanted to do it. So, (laughs) the doctor who had treated Samuel in the hospital suspected something was a little off um, during his month-long stay in the hospital. He's like, this is not right. Um... And then he also noticed, I'm not sure how he did, maybe it was part of his, like, shitty detective skills, but this worked out for him. He noticed that Nanny was going to get two life insurance policies that she was going to cash in when he died. And he's like, ah, I don't know. And he's like, I have an idea. You know, sit down. Because he came back, and this was the same doctor that worked on him when he died. He's like, we're in Oklahoma. This shit's landlocked, but there's something that smells fishy here. And then he's like, hey, nanny, (laughs) let's talk. And she's like, all right, you know, just sweet as could be. And she can, or he convinces her to let him do an autopsy. And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, no, this autopsy will help save lives. Like, if I can figure out how he died, I can figure out how to save other people. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Because she probably thought she was safe. Like, the rat poison and arsenic that you use, it's really, really hard to track when you kill somebody unless they do, like, specific tests for it. Uh, but they don't always know to do those tests. It's not always everybody's first concern. Mm-hmm. So this autopsy came back revealing large amounts of arsenic in his system. And the doctor was like, nope, nope, that is not my thing anymore. So he calls the police. Mm-hmm. And then Nanny was arrested in 1954. So, this is where she gets her name. Nanny confessed to the four killings of her ex-husbands, but she didn't confess to her family members. She's like, yeah, I killed those guys, but no, I didn't Never kill my family. children, grandchildren, sister, or mom? Yeah, I mean, it was proven later, but she didn't ever um, admit to it. So, after further investigation, authorities put her death count at around 12 people, most being blood relations. So, there's some people she probably killed in her family that weren't listed um, in her thing. So the nickname, the Giggling Granny, she had that because she claimed she had no emotion towards this stuff because she suffered a traumatic brain injury, which I couldn't find anything about. It's possible um, during her childhood. But authorities were confused because every time they would ask her about these things, they would do interviews with her. They would interrogate. Um, While she was admitting that she killed her husband, she would laugh through it she's like yeah i killed them like and would just like have this big like shit eating grin on her face about it and it's just so weird uh yeah there i was trying to find like actual videos of her last weekend when we were watching but it seems that it's just pictures and like Mm -hmm. reports because i mean it was a long time ago yeah um 
but let's see sorry sorry so many people would assume that after or that she was after the insurance money um because she seemed to cash in every time she killed somebody um but remember how she found all of them on a lonely hearts column remember how i said to remember that there's a lot of remembers in one sentence her remember reasoning to remember that yeah you remember it did you um her reasoning behind the murders was that she was in search of the perfect mate the perfect romance in life and i'm like why she couldn't just date to figure that out we will never know but she's like i'm gonna marry him and i'm gonna try it out when it doesn't work scratch and start over just like literally like i'm just gonna get rid of them um so she told police and lawyers that she killed because she realized that the person she was with was not the right fit She knew she'd get away with it because the men she was killing already had underlying health issues or addictions. She pled guilty to the murders in 1955 and was sentenced to life imprisonment in Oklahoma because that's where she was caught. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the state did not pursue the death penalty for Granny due to her sex. So sometimes... We don't kill women here in these parts. Sometimes being a woman saves lives. But unfortunately... Our giggling granny died in 1964 of leukemia while serving her life sentence in the Oklahoma State Penitentiary. Damn. Leukemia. Uh, but I was looking at her because I was like, maybe this is like one of many giggling grannies because there seemed to be a lot of names, but she just went by a lot of different things. So it was the giggling granny, the giggling nanny, the lonely hearts killer, and finally, my favorite one, the jolly black widow. <laughs> The Jolly Black Widow. When you laugh in the face of your husband's deaths. Damn. I'm like, I'm just trying to imagine being one of the investigators, and they're like, hey, did you do this? And she's like, yeah. And they're just like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) We'll put a picture of her. Do you want me to tell you the details? Because I have to, like, give myself time. You can give me some water. (laughs) (laughs) The best part (laughs) was when... He ate that prune cake. Like, Bean like just brought that whiskey back, and I knew what the fuck was going on. Like, Damn. As we laugh, that's weird. fucking cruel. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell our listeners how you decided on choosing the giggling granny? Like, why? My book. Yeah. Oh yeah. So for Christmas, my friend Mona got me a coloring book. That is serial killers, like famous ones. And there's a few in there that I've never heard of. I want to color the picture of Granny and put it on our Instagram. I haven't gotten that far yet because I'm lazy, but we'll see. Um, Yeah, it was a really cool coloring book. It's like one of those adult ones, but it's just got a bunch of serial (laughs) killers. It's not for toddlers. Yeah, that'd be interesting. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we'll work on that, but it's got... Pretty much any famous serial killer you can think of, he's there in that book. He, sorry, I assumed the gender of a... Serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. So... After I just covered a lady serial killer. (laughs) There's gonna be a picture of the Gingling Granny on our Instagram. She really is one of the sweetest looking people. It's so interesting. She's just very sinister. (laughs) All right. So now we're on to Nola. Yes. Friends. Uh, pull up a chair, turn up the volume in your car for information on 
the doodler. The doodler. The doodler. This is not a Batman villain. Megan thought it was. It does sound like one. Um, but yeah, this is a man. He was active between January 1974 and September of 1975. Oh, so, so like not a super long time. Like a year and mm-hmm. some change. Um, but in this time, he's had definitely five confirmed murders, but it might be up to 16. Up to 16? Yeah, so five to 16. Jesus. Um, I mean, I guess he, it's like Ted Bundy where he's admitted to 30, but we're thinking it might be over 100. Way more than that. Um, and he targeted men in the LGBT community of San Francisco. So, like, his Right MO, for the picking, man. Yeah. That is, oh he was, God. like, in San Francisco, and he was like, you know what I like to kill? White gay men. Wow. Yes. So, all of these men fall into those categories, and there were also three men who got away. Oh. Yes. Hey, good for you guys. Yes. <laughs> Sorry that them. that happened to you. Um, but, like, the way that people knew that they were all connected was that each of the victims had similar stab wounds, so it would be, like, in the front and the back, mm-hmm. and they would be within blocks of gay clubs. Oh, so, so he, he was, would, like, like, lurking. Yeah. Ugh. He would go into clubs get a victim, go take them somewhere secluded for a fun time, and then kill them. That's so sad. Uh, Yes. Um, Super sad. And it was, like, really hard on the community because they're all afraid. Right. They're already afraid. Like, because... I mean, just being gay in that time period was a scary time. Very scary. And the three survivors, they refused to appear in court. Aww. So whoever it was never got caught. Cause like, they the, wouldn't even look at the guy. Like, they went to some of the, like, things. Yeah. They would the just panels. never appear in court. Um, yeah. So it, whoever was, like, up as, um, oh, the my gosh. Defendant? Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to get out. Like, the yeah. person that was the the killer. Yes. The suspected killer. The yeah, suspect, the, yes. Yeah. Um. Whoever was suspected, like, they got off because these three men were super afraid to appear in court. Um, one of them was a well-known entertainer and another one was a diplomat. So they were worried about losing their jobs. Right. Some of these men had families to cover up their lifestyle. So, like, they just didn't even do that. So this was all super fucked. Yes. Like, very involved. They were actually, um, during this time, they got some attention from Harvey Milk. Really? Who was the activist? Uh, he publicly expressed empathy for the victims who refused to speak with the police, stating, "I understand their position. I respect the pressure society has put on them." Milk elaborated that the three men likely feared damaging relationships with family and in the workforce, citing that he believed twenty percent to twenty-five percent of the eighty-five thousand gay men in San Francisco were closeted about their sexuality. Yeah. So Aww. like. Oh, so they didn't want to go. That makes sense. Yes. That's sad, but it makes sense. Yes. So, even though nobody got convicted, the survivors did work with the police to give them descriptions of the guy. So, he was an African-American man. He was about 19 to 24 years old. Young. Slender, but well-built. Nearly six feet tall. And then he frequently frequently wore a Navy-type watch cap, which is like a short little beanie thing. I was going to say, what is a watch cap? Like a... Like, a closer-to-the-head beanie type deal. Um, And he... They have a sketch that has circulated a lot. So, when you look up the doodler, like, 
they have an right. image of him. So they've had a few suspects that match that description. They just were never able to convict because so nobody's these ever men. been convicted. No, like to this day. To this day. Wow. So they had the physical description, but they also let the police know that this man had a weird way of getting his victims. So they described him as an artist who would sketch strangers he met in local bars to strike up conversations with his future victims. So he would... That's terrifying. Yes. I would not be okay if somebody's like, hey, I drew this picture of you. I'd be like, get away from me. Yeah. No. Like, he'd go into bars. He'd be like, I drew this picture of you. You're so handsome. Oh, you've got a really nice build. So he was a charmer. Yes. And then, like, the sketch that they have of him is, like, kind of handsome. Yeah. So he would just go in, get these guys to leave with him, uh, and he would have sex with them and then later stab them to death. So they believe that he was committing these murders because he felt shame for his homosexual experiences. So, like, not only, like, everybody here is just suppressed. Like... I was going to say, this is, like, the most involved thing. Yikes. There's so many layers. Yeah. This is worse than an onion. (laughs) This is a very bad onion. Like, just peeling back all these layers, and then she's like, but wait, there's more. Everyone's just got this, like, shame, which is, like, kind of the saddest, definitely one of the saddest parts about it, like, where he could have been stopped. He could have, these uh, victims could have gotten justice, but these men were afraid, and it's like, you can't blame them right because of the time period it's just all sorts of layers of fucked so that was in 70 74 and 75 which was 50 years ago yeah oh my god so like um a lot of the or some of the survivors say that they met him while he was sketching caricatures uh he had was given the nickname by the press because of his habit of sketching his victims prior to their sexual encounters um, and then they had a prime suspect, and he was never publicly named or identified, but a few pieces of information have been released. So the prime suspect for this, um, was reportedly an ex-mental patient who was released from an institution in 1972. So oh. he was very young. Yeah. He was apprehended when he was reported by a bartender for sketching men in his bar after he had heard about the doodler's M.O., and thus promptly... The bartender called the police. Right. Uh, the suspect was in his late teens, early 20s, and is believed to have left San Francisco after his release. Hmm. In January 1976, the San Francisco Chronicle ran a story about the doodler, and two days later, a sus- another suspect was arrested. According to the Sentinel, he was detained outside a ter- tenderloin bar. I have tenderloin no idea what that bar. means. Um, last Friday night, after a bar patron called to report that a man fitting the composite drawing uh, had entered the bar and was offering to draw sketches of patrons. Nope. So apparently this is like a normal thing. They've got two that people, suspects. I was going to say that people <laughs> like, do. Yeah. I wonder if it was like it, this was after all these murders had happened and they were looking for somebody? Yeah, so this I is wonder if it was, like, a copycat thing where people oh, are, like, possibly. I just, like, I want to be famous and I don't care how I get there. That could possibly be it. So, like, this guy, um, according to the paper, the man was carrying a butcher knife and yeah. a book of sketches when the police nabbed him. Uh, he was booked for carrying a concealed weapon and after he attacked homicide inspectors during an interrogation charged with aggravated assault. Uh, police questioned the man repeatedly, and uh, the paper quoted an unnamed police source as saying the suspect had confessed the killings to a psychiatrist. 
He's having difficulty with his sexuality, Guilford told the Chronicle at the time. He's probably ashamed of what he's doing. Homosexuality has never been accepted in the black community, especially. Uh, the guilt he is experiencing causes him to want to erase the acts he's committed. Aside from this guy, the police had two other different suspects that they were fairly certain was the killer. So, like, they had, like, a bunch of different suspects, never fully went through, um, but recently, mm -hmm. this, like, the case of the doodler has resurfaced. Uh, they, um, it was in February 19th last year, 2019, it was announced on Deadline Hollywood that the San Francisco doodler killer would be the subject of a TV drama series. No. Um. <laughs> That's, like, giving him what he wants. Yes. But he was also, the cold case was reopened. It got renewed interest after the Golden State Killer's arrest. I was going to say, so, was it because of that? Because he yeah. got in 2018. 18, yeah. Yeah. So with that, like, police were like, we can find, find new him. DNA. Yeah. We can get this guy without having to, he'd like. he'd be, like, old now. Yeah. They redid his composite drawing and aged him. Isn't that so cool? It's so how they weird. Can do that? <laughs> or, like, um, I was watching... On Hulu, there was, like, some Finding John Bonet's killer, the mm -hmm. little girl that was murdered back in 96. Um, and they did, did it. 100%. <laughs> like, that is not a question. Um, he's on the documentary. He's like, I just hate that people say that I did this. I'm like, because you fucking did. Um, but whatever. That's another day. But they did a picture, because she was six when she died, but they did a picture of what she would look like when she was 30. And to watch it grow, I was like, oh, my God. Like, it was probably pretty accurate mm. it's just technology has gotten so weird but this guy would be like 60 yeah he'd be old 60 or 70 Ooh. so they yeah they redid his composite drawing which we'll put them both on instagram so you can see the, yeah, doodles so of see the doodler but uh to our california listeners <laughs> yeah dude this like i i honestly got pulled in to this one because the name right seems really cool well, not cool, but, like, right. interesting. interesting. Yeah. And it was, like, much darker than I thought. Like, I was expecting, like, oh, there's a serial killer who killed somebody and left a picture of them there. Or, like, but no. would stalk his victims with, like, creepier and creepier images of them. But it was, like, no. no. This is just, like, a lot of... Sad. Sad yeah. oppression. Yeah. And... Ugh. That's happened to us a few times, where we're like, this sounds really interesting to cover, and then we're like, it was really sad. This is dark as fuck. <laughs> but yeah. God, that's crazy. Cold case, like, cold cases mm. are so interesting to me, because, like, some of them are from so long ago. Uh, like, I would love to cover the Velisca Axe House murder someday. Uh, but that's still technically a cold case. They haven't caught anybody. They've got two suspects. I mean, they're long dead, but that they're like, it, it could have been either of these two, but it's still not tied down. Mm -hmm. It's just so interesting to me that it's like, it's so easy for some people to like catch these killers and be like, this person fucked up here. That's how we know. But then there's still some that they're like, we have no idea. It could literally be anybody. Like, like, this guy could technically, uh, he could be dead by now. He could be. I mean... I mean, I guess at there's that like point, so there many would be things, DNA like, to get. It could have been age. It could have been he tried killing another person, but somebody retaliated, and right. then he died in return. Like, there's so many things could that could have happened. Illness? It's I mean, so unanswered and, like, crazy. It's crazy. 
Maybe he went back alive. to the mental institution. Right. Like, I hope he gets caught. Like yeah. the Golden State Killer. That is so interesting. 23 and me saves lives. <laughs> Maybe not saves lives, but... Helps people get, get caught. closure for, and justice. Yeah. And... I mean, it could have. He could have easily done something else. I don't yeah. know. 23 and me is really cool. I'm still afraid that I'm going to find somebody that I'm related to that I'm just like, uh-oh. Hold on. Charles Manson? Ah! What? <laughs> he came up as a DNA relative. Oh. Well, that's our plug for 23andMe. <laughs> um, Yay! Uh, watch your family. Um, never go on any Lonely Hearts comms. apps. Yeah, just stay away from dating um, websites. Don't let anybody draw your picture unless you know them really well. Or unless you've paid them to do so. Um, <laughs> please find the strength to testify in court. That's gotta be so fucking hard. I know. Like, like you want, I'm sure that those men like, wanted to. They But it want, was just yeah, like, I am so terrified to get up on that stand and have people know who I am. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah, if you and know like something, to, yeah. say something. See something, say something. That is the new motto of this world, unfortunately. Say something, or see something, say something. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Yeah, that shit's dark. Fuck. Man, we ended this podcast on a great note. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, next week, though, we're gonna be covering some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've been really intrigued in the idea of, like, crime and hauntings and stuff yeah. in show business. So we're gonna be covering some cool stories from that. And then we're probably gonna get our Google Calendar set up so that I know what we're covering each week because I forget... Constantly. Yeah, that would be nice. We kind of, like... We're a lot yeah. more organized than we were for, the, like, the first four episodes, but we can tweak it and we can make it perfect. Yeah. Just for our listeners that we love so yes. much. If you guys have any suggestions, message us on Instagram, Dead Magnolias Podcast, uh, with that hat symbol in front of it, I yeah. guess. I don't remember I mean, if you just work. search it on Instagram, it'll yeah. come up. We'll come up. Two cute little cartoon ladies holding hands. With some flowers and skulls. Yes. Um. <laughs> you can also reach out to us on Gmail, uh, Podcast at gmail.com, and then like and leave a review on iTunes. Yeah. I those have, have been fun. Yeah, I would loved reading those. Thank you for everybody that's left one. Uh, this has just become so much more of a bigger deal than I ever thought it would, so oh, I just yeah. am really appreciative to the people that have taken the time to listen to us each week, ramble on about our lives and stumble over every word and every story we ever had. <laughs> it's like you have two best friends uh, that you hang out with and it's it's us. It we. It's it's me and her and us and us. <laughs> and <laughs> All right. But, so yes, thank you for hanging out with us. Um yeah, until next week. Stay spooky. <laughs> <laughs>